Hey, you're listening to Worst Day Ever, the podcast dedicated to the horror stories, the shit shows, the worst days on set, told firsthand from the filmmakers who survived them. I'm your host, Tom Taher. Today on the podcast, we have Pascal, who is a cinematographer living and working in Los Angeles. Pascal and I actually go back to that kind of early music video grind. When I was shooting more, he was actually operating more. And it's funny, our paths have kind of transitioned. He's actually gone on to shoot and I've actually kind of gone on to operate. But in those early days, we were grinding so much together and it was really fun to relink up and have him share this absolutely insane saga. Pascal's story is unlike anything we've had on the podcast so far. Most of the stories are centered around a worst day, a worst project, or kind of the days surrounding that worst day. Well, Pascal's story kind of is a saga of just really horrible things that happened to him in a period of time, and it was too good to not have him at least share some of these things. So uh, buckle up, this one is by far one of the more wilder stories that we've had on the podcast. Hey, this is Pascal, and this is my worst day ever. Without further ado, I'm going to get into my story. It's a little bit different than maybe some of the other ones because mine kind of revolves around several days of shooting, and it's more about the group of people I was with on this this journey. Basically, it, it's, it all starts with a uh, shout-out to my boy Niels Lindelin at Chapman. He sold me his Steadicam when I was uh, just a young, young chap. And um, so I was getting involved with, you know, lots of projects. He actually plugged me with this group of Mexican filmmakers. And uh, yeah, this guy named, you can Google him, Tito Torbaloni. He's this really famous, uh, was a very famous and, you know, well-known accordion player and singer in Mexico. And he was kind of EPing, directing this autobiographical film about himself. And, you know, just to kind of give you some perspective, like, I met him on this shoot. He actually flew me out to El Paso, Texas, where he had he had this fucking huge mansion with, like, zebras, and, like, uh, the ceiling was painted with uh, this just really impressive, detailed, like, sky very kind of religious experience so to speak he he would pay me in cash every day like we were having you know 500 dollars bottles of scotch just like blue label bottles of johnny walker um he, very short uh but aggressive guy so anyway that's kind of the backdrop for who this guy is uh fast forward to a scene we were shooting for his film Uh, We're in some desert in northern Mexico, and he's doing, like, an execution scene, right? So, like, literally, we're in this desert. There's a gravesite that we dug up, and, you know, I'm there with my Steadicam, and um, the scene starts, and he, he pulls out his gun, and, you know, I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, and he, <laughs> he starts just shooting, like, live ammo. To, to kind of emulate this execution. And it's like, you know, he's not firing at camera, but I, I want to say he's firing perpendicular. And 
<laughs> no one on the shoot like was like ex- anticipating that and it's like yo man like dude and and we don't want to say anything to him either right and i'm like you know 15 feet away from him i don't want to say anything and be like yo man let's that's not fucking cool to to be shooting live rounds right now when i'm like basically just you know a couple degrees off like 90 degrees of you know you hitting somebody me um as the camera operator but like we're not gonna say anything because i don't know if he's gonna fucking point it at me i really don't know this guy very well but we you know we had a good rapport and everything that was probably my single most traumatizing day um it's not my worst day ever but that's part of the build-up to my to my worst day When I was back in chat, man, I got a phone call. I was in class or whatever, and uh, the producer calls me up. He's like, yo, man, did you hear about what happened to Tito? No, what are you talking about? Yeah, they shot and killed him in the middle of him having lunch in some diner in northern Mexico. I'm like, holy shit. Thank God, like, we weren't, uh, I wasn't there filming during that. When you're starting out, you kind of have to take more risks and you know we, we usually start out at a younger age and maybe we don't make the, the best choices but at the same time it's like you have to you you want to prove yourself and maybe you know you're too optimistic and too ambitious which you know i certainly was in this case obviously so moving forward this is this is kind of a segue for how i met one of the filmmakers uh one of the producers who directs too he brought me on to DP and Steadicam, our next project. So this is kind of the worst, I'm gonna say the worst couple days of my uh, professional work life. So uh, it was a music video, it was supposed to be a three day music video in Mexico City. And at this point in time, I maybe just graduated from Chapman and you know, working my way up as a Steadicam op, so I recently bought the Pro Cine Live, and also working my DP career as my priority, I just bought the Alexa Classic. I had about $200,000 of gear, and uh, you know, I didn't know what I was fucking doing, obviously. That's probably how all these, some of these best stories are, right? Best, worst stories. Shout out to Luca Pascalicchio. He, uh, I brought him in as a gaffer, so we were we were flying together from LAX to Mexico City. Frankly, I don't know if I knew I needed a carnet. They flew me out several other times with less gear, and you know we never got stopped. So I think I brought it up. They're like, "Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine." For those of you who don't know, a carnet is kind of like a passport for goods, like a passport for uh, you know equipment, basically over a certain value, which this was definitely in excess of that minimum value long story short we get through tsa and when we're in mexico like this this is where it all kind of starts what kind of sucks is our equipment for whatever reason got held up for a couple days and we're supposed to be shooting eventually we hire this company and i guess the money is exchanged and documents are signed so my equipment eventually gets released and so now we have to shoot like a three-day video that the client promised in basically what becomes 18 hours it's crazy because it's like you know i don't speak spanish most of the crew doesn't speak english 
it's it's actually pretty funny I, I don't know things are just at least with this production company not quite efficient <laughs> for lack of a better word like and I've noticed this with a lot of at least with all the productions we worked on with this team is like there's not a first AD there's no schedule like there's no, there's no pressure which is really weird and very different from in the US obviously Luca and I were kind of taking shifts passing out in in the grip truck between setups when it's like everything's set up and we're just waiting for things to happen there's basically no food uh no water i think there's maybe i don't know just like a bag or two of small potato chips one of the mexican guys his name was anthrax which you know i think that's a pretty cool name but he was smoking weed out of a fucking lime which was really funny so at the time, like I smoked, I smoked a lot of weed. I guess it helped me de-stress about shit like this. So uh, we were smoking weed out of a lime, um, and maybe that allowed us to kind of handle the lack of sleep. Oh, I forgot to mention, I had a shoot scheduled. I think I had a one one day break between this shoot and then a, a at the time for me a very big music video. Uh, in uh, for Highly Suspect in, in LA. So, you know, we survived this shoot. All right, we get paid, whatever. Uh, fly back to LA. And I, I think I land in LA around 6 p.m. And then I had a shoot out in like, um, I wanna say in the Joshua Tree area the next morning, like 6 a.m. call time. I'm on the phone, you know, with the director, we're discussing like the scheduling, like if everything goes to plan, like big if, right? <laughs> if, if everything goes to plan, we're gonna we're gonna knock this video out. Like we prepped it, we had lots of days of rehearsal to plot out this shoot. That's kind of essentially a oneer, kind of like what 1917 did, where it's a few takes stitched together. When I get to LA, <laughs> you won't fucking believe this. My equipment gets seized again. Even though we paid this company to, to kind of manage all the paperwork for us, I think we had a temporary carnet to come back, but this holding company, for whatever reason, had to, to hold on to the gear for like two days or something. Kind of a, a repeat. So I have to source everything fucking last second to go shoot this video. Thank God Los Angeles has more gear and more hookups and people, you know, I know obviously that's where I'm from to kind of save me. <laughs> but I just made a couple calls, people I, you know, close homies to kind of hook me up. I, I was able to source all this stuff within a couple hours of landing, you know, made these pickups, kind of took the hit. Basically I was making almost no money on this next music video, which kind of sucked. Like, obviously we do it for the art, not the money, but like, it still sucked. Was able to source all the gear. I get to the location. When I get there, you know, it's a two day shoot. I start to, I just start to, I feel sick. The last couple of days I've been getting no sleep or very little sleep. I've been put in these kind of situations where I'm told your gear is seized, etc. So I'm starting to feel really sick and it's it's like 100 fucking degrees out there. We're in J-Tree. And I'll, I'm also using a Steadicam that I'm not familiar with at all. Like, you know, if, for people who don't do Steadicam, 
like every rig is fucking really specific to itself and customized to the operator. So like no two operators have the same rig. Each one is customized, balanced to your body, like your vest and just how it's built and how, you know, each kind of rig balances in its own unique way. It's all just very, very different. So I just feel off, but on top of that, my health is suffering. I'm halfway through the day and, you know, I'm sweating like crazy. Oh, I'm also in the middle of a breakup with my girlfriend at the time. Um, just to make it more fun. I'm actually, I'm kind of holding it in pretty well. Like I have a good poker face, if you will. But uh, yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm falling apart right now. Maybe uh, this might be a great idea. I'm gonna just smoke a bunch of weed and maybe, you know, it'll give me a second wind or it'll be my version of, uh, of spinach that'll make me stronger. So uh, I do that and like, <laughs> I start to feel a lot worse. And I actually realized after the fact, someone who smokes some of that weed was like, yo man, like that, this tastes like it has like pesticides on it. Like it's just like laced, it's giving me a headache. So <laughs> it wasn't just me, it was, uh, it was actually just bad weed. If I had good weed, maybe it would have helped me. But in this case, it, it had the opposite effect. We did get through day one, um, and it was relatively good, but like day two, it was, <laughs> the, the two co-directors were like, yo man, like, what's going on, dude? And I just had <laughs> to be like, this is what's going on. I'm sick, I'm using the fucked up rig, sleep deprived. I'm probably getting poisoned by this whack ass grass I'm smoking. It, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal. Long story short, I got through it. And you know, one of the takeaways is like, the worst projects being the most memorable. And you know, looking back, it's like, in a, in a weird way, it's kind of nostalgic in, in a positive sense, even though at the time you're like, this is super traumatizing. All right, kids, that's my worst day ever. Remember, don't do drugs. That pretty much wraps up this episode. Thank you, Pascal, for coming on and sharing your story. Honestly, this one was a ton of fun to listen to. I'm sure you guys kind of enjoyed the ride. This was an absolute journey spanning multiple projects, people, crazy events. And yeah, truth be told, I have never had my gear seized at the border, but I felt that. I mean, I've been on projects where producers were like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. And it was, and in Pascal's instance, it happened to him twice. And I couldn't even imagine going into or leaving a project without my equipment. Uh, that just honestly sounds traumatizing. So once again, thank you, Pascal, for coming on and sharing your worst day ever. And if you've been enjoying the podcast so far, I have one small favor to ask. Depending on where you're listening to this, if you scroll down, you'll have the option to write a review and leave a star rating. If you could take a quick moment and fill that out, it really does help. This being a fairly new podcast, the higher ratings allow this to be discovered and listened to by more filmmakers. In turn, leading to more worst day ever stories. Anyways, that wraps it up for this episode. Tune in next week for another worst day ever. <laughs>